Hey, Illinois fans, Doug Bouchon from Orange and Blue News. Uh, you know, uh, the Illini are doing well, and the Big Ten tournament starts uh, uh, this week. But uh, we're going to jump into some high school basketball. The IHSA tournament returns to the campus of University of Illinois this year after a long stay in Peoria. Uh, so we brought on uh, Scott Burgess from Prep Hoops, Illinois, to talk about the IHSA state finals that start on Thursday here in Champaign. Scott, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good to talk to you. Going good. Uh, you know, the one thing that jumps out at me about this tournament is they've, they've taken what was a four-day event, uh, you know, when you separate them by the four classes, and they've con- they've uh, condensed it into three days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. A lot of basketball, and it, the, you look at the schedule, it looks a lot like an AAU tournament. Yeah, I think there's positives and negatives to to it, to be honest. Like, I think – the positive is, um, you know, Friday, you, well, I think firstly, it's just one weekend instead of two. Um, I think that's a positive. Uh, also having all four state championships back to back to back to back. I think that's kind of a cool feel. Um, from a negative standpoint, I would say um, like having the consolation games in prime time on Thursday and Friday night, kind of doesn't really make a lot of sense when it's like those are your primetime spots those days where people could come that they wouldn't have to miss work um and you're putting consolation games in there so it'll be interesting to see what the attendance is like for that but i i mean i understand why they're doing it so you can those teams that are third and fourth place you can send them home and they don't have to stay you know another night like they would have in the past um so it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. You know, um, change is uh, different for everybody. So we'll just see how it goes the first year. Yeah, for fans who haven't looked at the schedule, if you play a semifinal game Thursday at 4 p.m. and you lose that game, you can turn right back around and play the third and fourth place game at 8 at 8.30, right? At, you know, just a couple hours of rest. So that's that's going to be pretty brutal. But I think most of the kids are used to it from, from the grassroots uh, tournaments they they play that kind of schedule uh, I don't know that they'll be all that motivated in the third and fourth place game um, but uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes uh, Scott uh, your feelings on the uh, the tournament coming back to Champagne. what do you think about that and I know you've you've covered uh, in your career you've covered Il- Illinois basketball uh, how 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 good is that for Illinois from a recruiting standpoint to have the state tournament back in their in their home gym? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see how it goes. You know, it's uh, been in um, Peoria. I don't know. Like you would probably know better than I would. Like as long as I can remember, it's been in Peoria. Like I think I started watching it early 2000s when I was in grade school and it was always in Peoria. So I've really never known anything different. Um, But yeah, I think it's going to kind of give the event a little bit of a boost, especially this first year and kind of some more excitement. Um, And as far as from an Illinois perspective, I think it's big um, to have the goal being to get to State Farm Center Um, for kids that, you know, you're potentially recruiting, whether they're um, upperclassmen or even younger kids, maybe it's a freshman or a sophomore who's just emerging on the radar. Um, Yeah, I think that's a, that's a pretty cool, um, pretty cool draw. I mean, I don't think it really necessarily helped Bradley a ton over the years, 
but I think it might be a little bit different with Illinois being like the, you know, the major uh, school in the state, the major high major program. Seems like attendance has been down a little bit. I don't know how, what it was like last year. I didn't go, but do you, do you think this will boost the attendance a little bit, having it back at State Farm Center? Yeah, well, I mean, they didn't have it the last two years with COVID. Remember, last year was a uh, just a six-week sprint with no playoffs. And then two years ago, which would have been, I I believe last year it was supposed to be in Champaign. And then two years ago was going to be the last year at Peoria. And it got cut short in the sectional finals or like maybe the sectional semis and it just ended so this will be the first time in three years that we've had a state final um and uh yeah i actually think it's going to help with attendance because people are excited about it for um you know the first time getting that in a, in a while yeah i'm pretty excited for it uh, you know going way back you know i'm the old guy in this conversation so going way back to the the 1970s, uh, you know, I would always go to, to uh, Assembly Hall back then to check out the state tournament. Our high school coaches would take us to the tournament every year. But uh, not there's, you know, I'm struck by the, there's, that there's not a lot of star power in this year's tournament because a lot of the teams with some of the best players in the state lost earlier in the sectionals or the super sectionals. But, um, but in the, the 4A a bracket in the semifinals. There are some, there are some really good players, some familiar names. Whitney Young, of course, has been there a lot and had a lot of good players. But um, that Whitney Young Kenwood game, would you have rather seen that in Champaign uh, rather than in the uh, super sectionals? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely would say yes to that. But also, um, you know, I, I've always kind of been like, I don't want to see every team from the public league in, in the final four. Um, I think it's cool to, you know, like in the four a, you have one public league power, you have obviously, uh, you know, one of the best teams we've seen in a long time at um, Glenbard West out in the suburbs a Bolingbroke team that's out in the way suburbs and then Barrington. Um, so a little bit of a different feel. And then, you know, one public league team, in 3A, I think if you had all like realistically in the in the state tournament, you're never going to get the four best teams. Like it's just not set up that way. Like the it's not it's not seated like the NCAA tournament, where in theory the goal of the NCAA tournament would be to have the four number one teams play each other in a one versus four, two versus three format the the state tournament's not set up like that it's more set up to kind of get a different geographical feel um and so i kind of thought the game last night was pretty fun um and the atmosphere was was really cool um at uic um with you know that game being a mile from whitney young obviously kenwood had a lot of fans there as well um I think for that specific game, I think that was the right venue for it. Yeah, it reminds me of going back way back uh, before you were born in, in Chicago King against Simeon at UIC when those mm -hmm. two teams were obviously clearly the best two teams in the state and they played each other for the city championship. Um, looking at the 4A bracket, Scott, uh, with Young against Barrington in the first semifinals, Bolingbrook against Glenbard West, 
Uh, what jumps out at you about those two games and who are, who are some of the top players to watch? Yeah, obviously Whitney Young, Barrington. Whitney Young has to be the favorite coming in. Um, big win last night against Kenwood. Um, they won the city championship. Um, they, you know, they had some losses on their resume, but they were against nationally ranked teams in a lot of cases. They played in some big time tournaments. Um, they played against top teams from St. Louis um, and all over the country. So they're battle tested. They're ready to go. Um, they're led by um, their front court, AJ Casey, uh, Miami commit, uh, Xavier Amos, Northern Illinois commit. Both those rank in the top 10 in the state of Illinois in the senior class. Um, and then in the junior class, they have Dalen Davis, who's the number two point guard in that class, along with Daniel Johnson, who's coming back off an injury, missed most of the season. He had a big game last night with 15 points. They're both top 10 players in the junior class. They were missing Marcus Pegram last night. So it'll be interesting to see if he comes back for the, um, he's kind of like an X factor guy for them as, as another guard. Um, it'll be interesting to see there. Um, they're, they just have, you know, a lot of talent. They have a lot of depth. They have good role players, Matt Somerville, um, a kid down the road that Illinois, um, you know, could very well get involved with in, um, in Antonio Munoz, um, who's a, a small forward. He played a little bit last night. So they, they just have a ton of depth on their squad. Um, and then Barrington, Barrington's a squad that I don't think a lot of people expected to be here. Um, most people thought whoever won that new Trier versus Glenbrook South uh, sectional game was going to roll Barrington and get into the, into the final four. Glenbrook South was one of the best teams in the state all year. Um, I think they'd only lost maybe one game before last night, and that was to Glenbard West. And so Barrington beat them by two last night. Uh, they're led by Will Grzynski. Uh Will's uh, like a six-seven face-up four. He's got good size. He can really shoot the basketball. Um, he's got some more versatility than I think a lot of people saw on the circuit last year where he was mostly just a spot up shooter. He's going to wash, wash you in St. Louis um, was probably a division, a legit division two player, but he's a really high academic kid. So that was what was important to him. Um, Daniel Hong's a point guard. It's going to be fun for fans to watch. Um, he's really good mid range game, excellent shooter. And then Nate Bolt brings some size up front. He's pretty raw. Um, he's a senior that'll find a home at a small college, but he's about six, nine, six, ten, And, um, uh, you know, we'll give them someone to bang inside against, uh, you know, the Whitney young vaunted front line. Uh, Bolingbroke and Glenbard West, um, you got a really good player in that game. Uh, talk talk about the big the big man from uh, Glenbard West. Yeah, Glenbard West. Um, I mean, if they win this thing, they I wrote it last night. I think they could go down as the best the best team for sure since Simeon twenty thirteen, um, and one of the best teams of this century. Um, they've only lost one game all year, and that was to Sierra Canyon at the buzzer. Um, they've not lost to any team. I think they're. I want to say they're 35 and one coming into this game. Um, they're led by Braden Huff. He was the prep hoops, Illinois player of the year. He's won every player of the year award that's been announced so far. Uh, six foot nine left-handed power forward. We have him ranked number two in the class um, headed to Gonzaga, super skilled, 
inside outside threat. He can even play some point forward when you need him to uh, can really shoot the basketball um, skilled down low. And I think the thing about Glenbard West is they're not just all about him. Like he won our player of the year and he only averaged 17 a game. Like most of the time, that's not what you see out of a number two player in the state and a player of the year, but that team is so well balanced. They have five seniors that are, they just play so well and so cohesive as a unit. Caden Pierce is uh, just such a jack of all trades. He can play on the ball. He can play off the ball. He's got good size. Um, you know, he's going to Princeton. You have uh, Ryan Renfro, who's uh, just a tough, rugged power forward that um, gets rebounds, does the dirty work, and um, and he's going to Army West Point. And then Bobby Durkin was committed to Army West Point as well, and he is now the top uncommitted player in the state of Illinois as he opened his recruitment up about a month ago and he's an elite shooter six 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 seven he'll be at three four in college and I would expect his recruitment to really pick up here over the next month and then like you said they play Bolingbrook in that game um that that side or that quadrant of the bracket really opened up when normal normal community lost um I think that's who I had kind of pegged um, you know, going, going there and, um, Bolingbrook or Quincy beat normal community and then Bolingbrook beat Quincy last night. Um, and you know, coach Bros is one of the best coaches in the state at Bolingbrook. They, they have talent year in and year out. Um, their, their most productive player, I would say is a big man named Michael Osebonsu, who will maybe remind people of a, a Keith Randolph type on the hardwood um an undersized four that just he mauls people down low I think he had 14 and 11 last night just a really physical player that has good footwork around the hoop um and just produces Jaden Dunlap's another really good small college uh senior um and then they have a couple juniors to watch um, that have a uh, division one potential in um Makai Cooper their point guard and Donovan Younger, who at one point um, was on the Illini's radar as a potential high major prospect, he's not quite there right now, but um, he could definitely still be a Division One player down the road. You look at the uh, 3A bracket, and of course you got one of the most, if not the most, storied program in, in the state of Illinois in Chicago, Simeon, playing uh, against a Metamora team, you know, in the uh, suburbs of Peoria there, you know, this to me, I saw Simeon play out at the uh, Hoop Hall Classic in Springfield, Massachusetts. To me, this this is probably the best coaching job that Rob Smith has done in his long and very successful career at Simeon. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. Like uh, I can't remember if you were there or not, but you know the two big summer shootouts, um, Riverside Brookfield and Ridgewood. Simeon, I think, went zero and four at Riverside Brookfield. And it's like they played good competition. They weren't like in this insanely loaded pool or whatever. And everybody's alarms went off like, oh, my gosh, like what what's going to go down here? Like, is this the end of it? And then they're in the state final four in the prohibited favor to win it. So, um, yeah, no, Coach Rob's done an unbelievable job with this group. Um, I think when you look at this team, they have three guards, um, the three headed monster at the 
at the guard spot. Jalen Drain, Simeon's uh, senior leader. Um, you know, Jalen was another player that at a time was considered a top two, three player in this class. Um, and, you know, he's, he's had a really, really good senior season. Um, athletic guard that can get downhill. Um, he's become a better playmaker for others, which I think has really helped not only his stock as a player, but his team. Um, Avion Morris is, I like to call Avion the Patrick Beverly of Illinois high school basketball. He just wants to get in your grill and not let you do anything. And he wants to talk smack the whole game while he's doing it. Um, he's a five, seven pit bull that is a monster on the defensive end. Last night, they had him guard Nojis no from, um, from Lamont, who's like almost a foot taller than him. And he held him down to, I think, only 10 points. So uh, that's uh, another guard on their team. And then Jalen Griffith, who has been a known name for a, a while, uh, exciting point guard from, from Simeon, smaller guard, playmaker likes to get others involved so those are their three guards but they're two they're they're two best prospects who um i think people will enjoy watching are the rubin twins miles rubin and west rubin um they're finally playing together um all year coach rob never really played him together but now that it's the playoffs he's bringing that and it's working really well miles had 22 last night um, despite being twins, they're actually very different as players. So Miles is thinner. He's a left-handed player. He's more of a bouncy athlete that can impact the game on the defensive end with that. He's more of a dive threat rim runner. He's got some emerging skill, but he's more of an athlete where Wes is a thicker bodied kid, right-handed, and he is very skilled, maybe the best passing big man we've had in Illinois since a Cameron Crutwig um, back in the day at Jacobs, um, who obviously went on to have great success at Loyola. So um, those are going to be two to watch. And I believe they have an Illinois connection. I think maybe their sister plays on the Illinois women's team now. You can correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I I'm pretty sure that that's the connection. Well, and you know, Sacred Heart Griffin, everyone thinks of as a football school. I guess we have to start looking at them as a, a basketball school now as well. They made a nice run here to the three A semifinals against a talented Saint Ignatius team. What are you, what are you looking for in that matchup? Yep, uh, you know, Sacred Heart Griffin. They came into the season as as uh, you know in that Springfield area with those four power schools. Um, and they were kind of looked at as the one to beat this year. And they've really lived up to it. And it's with all juniors. Their top four are all, um, are all juniors. When you're looking at um, Jake Hamilton kind of leads the way for them. Jake is a guy that can really score from multiple levels. He's a crafty player, but he will pop a dunk on you every now and then. Um, he's a kid that probably will end up at a D2, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility he could get into that low major. Uh, his brother, Will Hamilton's kind of a role player for them. Zach Hawkinson is a, is a strong-bodied wing that can um, really score the basketball, physical, good rebounder. Keyshawn Singleton brings athleticism at the point guard position. Um, not quite that good, but think of like a Joseph Yesifu from a few years back at Bolingbrook, um, that type of player. 
And then they'll go up against Ignatius, who, uh, man, Ignatius has had a, a heck of a roller coaster ride this year. They started off in, um, you know, Michael O'Brien's preseason poll at number four, and they took a tumble right from the beginning, losing two of their first three games. And it's been a very up and down season for them, but um, they've got hot at the right time. They had a, they had a, I think a nice way to say it would be a pretty easy ride to the super sectional game last night where they didn't have to really play anybody that good. Um, but they did beat St. Patrick's last night in double overtime. They got stops, three consecutive, three stops um, to send the game to overtime, send the game to double overtime, and then win the game by one point. Um, they're led by, uh, you know, senior duo Colby Gillies, who's going to Air Force, tough, rugged um, post that really just is a, it's a junkyard dog. A.J. Red, um, silky smooth perimeter scorer that gets to the rim. Um, and they have two juniors. Um, Illinois fans are probably um, aware of Richard Barron. He's visited Illinois a couple times. Um, thick-bodied scorer, can shoot the basketball. And Jackson Kotecki, who's, um, you know, a, uh, an upside post that is starting to kind of come into his own and is actually playing some of the best basketball of his career. Yeah, Barron, you mentioned him. To, to me, he's one of the more tougher kids to evaluate. You know, he's got some, he, like you said, he's a big, powerful kid. Um, do, do you feel that he's a high major prospect right now? I don't. I think he's more of a mid um, at this stage. We have him in the in the teens in our rankings in the 2023 class. I think he's more of a Missouri Valley A-10 type player at this stage. Um I think a lot of it's going to come down to how he plays this spring and summer um, against elite level competition. I know you're from Southern Illinois, right? So um, mm-hmm. it, n- no one in Southern Illinois, Illinois is surprised to see Nashville back in, back in uh, the state tournament. Uh, they, they've been had such a good program over the last, I don't know, 30, 40 years. Nashville always seems to have a good team. Uh, they play a Chicago based team to Paul prep in the two a semifinals uh, tell me about that game a little bit, Scott. Yeah, you know, Nashville is a program I know very well. Um, two of my best friends actually live in Nashville. So um, they were giving me updates last night. They actually held uh, Teotopolis, T-Town, uh, the Wooden Shoes, who a lot of people know about um, as a historic program in Southern Illinois. They held them to eight points and three quarters last night. So, um, you know, Patrick Weathers, their coach, he's, he likes to always say, we win ugly. Um, and, uh, their best player and their best prospect is a kid named Saxon Hopker. Um, he's about a six, 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 seven power forward. He'll play at the small college level athletic. Um, you know, he can impact the game, um, in a variety of ways on both ends of the floor DePaul prep. Um, you know, the crazy thing about them is, you know, coach Kleinschmidt, he has a great program. And this is probably one of their like not like least talented teams they've had over the last few years. Like last year's team was significantly better than this year's team. They had T.Y. Johnson, who's going to Loyola on that team last year and several other, you know, really good role players. But um, this team kind of went through the path they had to beat. They had to beat Loyola or uh, Leo last night who a lot of people picked as that 2A favorite, and that was a Catholic League battle um, for, between those two programs. Dylan Arnett is their best player. He's um, from 
uh, he's committed to Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Um, we'll see where that goes with the coaching change. Um, but currently he is committed to Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Uh, Dylan's a five that has some good strength. He likes to anchor down low on the block and score, but he can also stretch the floor with his shooting. He's a pretty decent athlete. Um, Trayvon Thomas really came on strong last summer and into his senior year, uh, kind of a combo guard that can shoot it. I think the, the guy that, um, the recruiting people want to watch on that team is Peyton Kamen. He's a sophomore. He's got some length to him. He can really shoot the basketball. One of the better pure shooters in the state, regardless of class. Um, and he's about six, four. So uh, um, a projectable kid to watch down the line. You know, it almost seems looking at the one a bracket, it almost seems unfair for a kid uh, that's going to Duke playing in the playing against one a teams for its state championship. That, that's what we have in the one a bracket. Jaden shoot and t- tell me about him a little bit. And what are you expecting from him in Champaign? Yeah, I mean, Yorkville Christian, like, you know, you can say whatever you want about their record coming into it. Like, it doesn't matter. They, they, um, they played all 3A, 4A schools. They played out of state teams. And, you know, a lot of times they looked overmatched. But at the same time, this is the same team that beat Kenwood. So, um, I would be pretty surprised if they didn't roll these two games scales mounds in a potential final could be interesting. Um, I don't know a lot about them. I know they have had a really good season this year, but um, yeah, Jaden shoot our number one player in the state in the senior class Duke commit elite shooter, big time athlete um, can create his own shot. He's great moving without the ball to get open he just he does a little bit of everything. If he needs to facilitate, he can do that as well. Um, KJ Vassar is a plus shooter, had a really strong senior year for them. Tyler Burroughs, same thing, really good role player. David Douglas is a junior that I think um, is probably their second best player right now. Um, kind of a slender wing in that junior class that can score from multiple levels. And then um, a prospect to watch long-term, JV on Starwood. He's a kind of a rangy left-handed sophomore that he'll come off the bench and play, you know, role player minutes for them. But um, he's a top 20 player in the sophomore class. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like the the one thing that Yorkville Christians had problems with this year is that end of the floor called defense. They don't really play it very well. Um, but I don't really think that should be much of a problem against the teams that they're going against here. Um, last night they won 71 33. I mean, I, it wouldn't shock me if they put a hundred up on in both these games, like they're, they're primed and ready to go. And um, this has been what they've been pointing to all year. They played that schedule for a reason. And it's kind of like, it's a little bit like, when you know you're in the on deck circle and you put the weighted bat on you and then when you're actually up at the plate swinging it just seems like it's easy that kind of seems like what this Yorkville Christian team was it was like they had the weighted bat on during the season playing against Glenbard West and Kenwood and all these big time programs and now that they're playing 1A schools they're just gonna hit home runs every game well, uh, it won't be too long before uh, in our we'll see the uh, Mr. Basketball 
uh, ballot in our inboxes. Um, and we got some players here in this tournament that are definitely candidates for, for the Mr. Basketball in the state of Illinois. Um, right now, Scott, um, who, who do you think are some of the favorites to, to grab that this year, Mr. Basketball? I know we vote for the top three and then top, top vote getter gets, gets the award, but who, who do you like for Mr. Basketball? Um, Honestly, I don't have a vote for Mr. Basketball, but um, we give our Prep Hoops Illinois Player of the Year. It was Braden Huff, and it really – I wouldn't say it wasn't close, but when I look at it, at least for our award, and I would look at it the same for Mr. Basketball, it's do you win? Do you win big games? Are you the best player on your team, and do you put up numbers? There was nobody this year that hit all four of those like Huff, even though he only averaged 17 a game. The story of this high school basketball season, at least the regular season, we don't know what's going to happen in Champaign, but the regular season was Glenbard West. So to me, he was the clear cut choice. Um, I think some other guys you could throw in there, um, you know, Ty Rogers put up huge numbers. Um, Thornton had a, had a solid year for sure. Uh, I mean, I think when you look at it, like out of their six losses, two of them, he wasn't there for in the, in the, um, in the Dipper tournament. So uh, they only really lost four games with him in the lineup. You know, he's such an impactful player. Um, Jaden shoot definitely could be in that mix as well. You know, he's a tough, you know, shooter that can, it just beats you across the board. And um, I think what's going to hold him back is the record of the team. Um, even if they win the one, a tournament, like their records, not going to give him enough. Like, I think if they would have played that schedule and he would have, they would have only lost three or four games. I think he would have had a better chance to win it. Um, Nick Martinelli. I think he was, very much under consideration for me. Um, the Elon commit played at Glenbrook South, just one of the more productive players in the state. He probably had better numbers than Huff did individually. Um, but when they played head to head, uh, Glenbard West won. So I think that gave him the edge. AJ Casey, he's had a really good year for Whitney Young, averaging a double double. Um, Darren Ames, Kenwood. Um, he's had some big games, but he's also been injured throughout the year. Um, Zach Cleveland from Normal Community, I think he was probably the best player outside of the Chicagoland area this year. Um, they got upset before State, but he had a really productive year. I would say those would be some of the guys that would be under consideration for me for, you know, were under consideration for our player of the year. Great, good stuff. To me, it is Braden Huff. I think he's probably the most dominant player on the on the best team in the state. So, so I, th I think he's probably the clear front runner for Mr. Basketball. But th there are some, but there are some other guys um, that are going to be on the ballot. Jaden Shoot being one of them. Um, hey, Scott, um, I know you've followed Illinois basketball over the, over the years. Uh, they had a big win against Iowa to you know to to clinch a tie for the Big Ten regular season championship with Wisconsin. Uh, what, what are you looking forward to in the Big Ten tournament that, that starts this week? Yeah, you know, I'm excited for it. Um, I think what's been cool about the Big Ten this year, um, I, I'm one of those guys with 
just this job in general, but I, a lot of people don't know, I started out, you know, the NBA draft and NFL draft were my first loves. And so I like looking ahead to like NBA prospect. I think what's cool about the big 10 this year is so many NBA prospects, whether it's Keegan Murray, Johnny Davis, uh, Jaden Ivey, Max Christie, EJ Liddell, Ohio state, you know, um, seeing how Kofi's developed and how that'll project to the next level, um, potentially, um, I think those are some of the things I'm looking forward to, um, big 10 tournament. I haven't, I haven't examined the bracket yet, but to see if, uh, Wisconsin and Michigan would play again, if that would be, uh, if we'd have a handshake line fiasco again. Um, but as far as from an Illinois perspective, yeah, I mean, uh, seeing them, you know, win a share of the big 10 title the other night, um, it's huge for the program. You know, they lost, um, one of the best players they've had in program history last year with IO and to come back and still win, you know, win the big 10, which I don't, I don't think they did last year. Right. They won the big 10 tournament. Correct. That's right. Yeah. I think there was some controversy about that. If I remember because Michigan didn't play the same amount of games or something, but um, yeah, but to do what they did this year was, was really, you know, they, they, they fought through a lot of, um, ups and downs with Curbelo being hurt all year with lineups being different, you know, in and out with Kofi having to miss those first games at the start of the year. Um, yeah. I, I think it's, they've, they've had a very good season and it'll be interesting to see how all the things shake out. If they win the big 10 tournament. I think they could work themselves into a two seed for sure. Um, and, you know, if they go out early, maybe it's a four. So because it, it could be an interesting week for them as far as from a seeding perspective. And um, I think for their, for, for them, I think if they got a four and it was in Chicago, I think they'd be just fine with that. You mentioned Io DeSumo. Uh, his improvement, Scott, since he got to the NBA is, is really pretty phenomenal because he's made himself into a, really a complete player. Are, are you at all shocked by that? We've covered the kid since he was a freshman and sophomore in high school. And, and I don't think anybody's surprised at his work ethic and, you know, the, the work that he puts in to improve himself as a basketball player. But I, I don't think any of us first saw him making such an impact as a rookie with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, so what are, what are your, some, of, some of your thoughts on Io? Yeah, I mean, he, he's had that it factor his whole life. Um, even back to the first time I saw him playing with, with, uh, with Westinghouse, you know, he, he just had something different about him. And that thing that you can't really define, but that's often the difference. Um, I'm really close with Jason Tatum. That's something that he had from day one as well. And not saying I was going to be Jason, but, um, when they make that jump to the NBA, I I say a lot of times like I you can project what you think they're going to be, but you really don't know until they get there. Um, I thought he was going to be successful. I really did. I didn't think it was going to be this soon, this fast. But a lot of times with the NBA, it comes down to your situation. And he got put in a perfect situation, not even necessarily that it was his hometown team. That's like a plus, I would say the fact that, um, you know, he got put in a situation where he was in his hometown where all his 
friends and family can come watch them. And sometimes, honestly, that can be a negative. A lot of players don't want to play in their hometown because of all the extra pressure with people requesting tickets and wanting to be around you and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but as far as the situation goes, he was a role player on a, on a really good team that is obviously ascending this year. And he found his niche on that team. He's that energy guy. He's that one that can give them the spark off the bench. And then when guys like Caruso and Levine got hurt, he kind of had to step into a bigger role. And I think the, the, the preparation that he's had throughout his career is he's always been ready for that moment. And he was ready to give that to him. Um, and then obviously when those guys come back, he might take a step back as far as production, but I think he's still going to be a key player for them um, in a playoff run. Yeah. What, what really stands out to me is like I said, how he became a complete player, you know, in, in college, he was a, a, a bucket getter, you know, and a closer for Illinois, a really clutch player, <clears throat> but he's become a pure point guard. Uh, something I didn't, I didn't foresee. Uh, he's, he's shooting the ball a lot better. Um, and he's defending, you know, he had a big steal and dunk last night and lost to Philadelphia 76ers. But, but those kind those things really um, are su- surprising to me on once in one sense, not surprising in the other, knowing the kid and the vision that he had for himself and, and the drive that he had to get to that level. But I'm, I'm just really enjoying him watching him play. And for the first time in a long time, I've been watching the, watching the Bulls play, <laughs> you know, they've lost five in a row now, but at least, but the, they have a good team and a chance in the Eastern Conference. But there he is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Scott Burgess and his wealth of knowledge about uh, Illinois high school basketball state tournament coming up Thursday through Saturday here in Champaign. Thanks again, Scott. And uh, we'll see you on the trail in the AAU season. It's coming up pretty quick here. So thanks again, man. Anytime you want to come on, uh, let me know. Sounds good. Thanks, Doug. Thanks.